meeting, you receive something in the meetings, um, or if God has just blessed you in a special way recently, um, I'm just going to open up and let you testify tonight. We're going to start with that, and then we'll go from there. Hallelujah. So who wants to go first? I know you got touched. Hallelujah. It, like uh, like Garland said, if you didn't, there's something. Something's not right in there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Who wants to be first? I know. Hallelujah. I, you look, you have a look on. Jennifer, do you have a look on your? They're passing notes in church. Let's see. What do. We, <laughs> now, I'm an old Christian school teacher. Not old, but I, from my past, I'm a Christian school teacher, and we gave demerits for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm kidding. We did give demerits for it, didn't we? Hallelujah. Go ahead. You want to you want to come up here and get the mic, or you want to you want to speak in the mic? Well, we might ought to put it on the CD. I was trying to let somebody else go first, but <laughs> I'll go. Um, I just want to start out by saying um, last month I had a supernatural car sales month. Um, I don't know if, if y'all remember um, one Wednesday night, Miss Debbie um, had a supernatural prayer that was like a prophecy that was prayed over me. And it seems like that month was just, it just took off from there. I was, of course, the, I was always the top seller, but it seemed like this month nobody sold anything, but I was the one with 35 cars out for the month when everybody else was like six, five, and, and so forth. So that was definitely supernatural right there. <laughs> and to me, I look at it this way, it's, it's like the, the Lord uses his people like he used her because you know maybe she's seen something there I mean it could have been something that was going to stop me from you know selling them like I was supposed to so we just never know so it's always good to just have somebody there to you know intercede for so I really appreciate that I just had to let y'all know that um this month it started out with the day is the sixth and I've already got like 10 cars out so that's <laughs> that's another good start for the month but the I guess the one that really touched me was um when Pastor um, Goss had prayed over all of us and has come up and, you know, put money into the um, the offering that night with um, Pastor Michael, um, our air had went out uh, two days before, and we thought it was just going to be Freon. Well, the guy came over and put Freon, you know, in the in the unit and so forth, and the next day it was like, you know, it was like hiding the house again. I was like, wow, you know, what's going on? And I called him and he said, well, if it's going, if it's seeping out like that, you're probably going to need another unit and so forth. And that was like $1,500. I was like, okay. You know, I didn't get upset or anything. Just, you know, praise God and the unit. So anyway, um, see, like that night when uh, after we did the offering and everything, I went home and um, went to bed. We used our ceiling fans that night. And um, James came in the room. My husband, James, he was like, man, it's cool in here all of a sudden because the ceiling fan, I was, I was up under the cover freezing. Like, you know, it was almost like it, it came back on basically. And ever since that night, it's been on ever since. So it's like the Lord would just answer that prayer that night. I was like, thank you, Lord. When James said that, I was like, well, all I could do was just say thank you, Lord, because he knew he knew the need because he knew we were going to need a, a, another unit. But he used that unit there to basically just fix it. Um, and I'll be quick. This one right here. I got uh, a double blessing of money that night of the the meeting that same night. So just I just praise God and give him all the praise. So 
Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. You know, you know, she's right. Like, you know, if everybody else sold five cars and she had sold seven, well, you'd say, well, that's good. But when you, I mean, it's like if God wants to show out, I mean, it's when somebody sells five and you sell 35. I mean, it's like that's God showing out. Okay. <laughs> I forgot this here. Before all that happened, a lot of you knew I left Dunn's. Um, I had told Pastor I didn't really tell anybody else about what was going on. Um they didn't want to give me a promotion or increase in salary, anything like that. And so it was to the point to where, you know, we parted ways. So I left probably like, it was about six months. And I guess after that, he started texting me back and forth on the phones. Like, you know, you know, we need you back. You got customers asking for you. And all of a people saying, we're not going to buy a car. Jennifer's the one we dealt with and so forth. So we finally uh, negotiated and they finally gave me a promotion uh, as far as uh, increasing my salary and so forth. So, and it's just like um, everybody comes out there now. It's like, well, we're glad Jennifer back. And, you know, this, it's like spreading the word around town. She's bad. Let's go get a car from Dunn's and so forth. So God's good. I'm at the right place at the right time. So I just give him all the praise. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Glory to God. God is so good. Hallelujah. And, you know, it's the prophetic word. It's like, well, you know, sometimes we think the prophet is just saying what already, what would automate, what is going to happen, and that he, uh, the prophet, when the prophet speaks something over us, that it would happen anyway, but they're just foretelling it. But that's not true. It actually, the word of the prophet has to break it through and open it up. And so it's important that we receive those words as, okay, something broke through and opened up for me when that was spoken. It doesn't even have to be specific. It can be like there's a lot of words spoken generally over the congregation over the weekend. So who else wants to speak? And maybe you just got something, God spoke something in the services to you. Okay, Leanne. Because it, it was a really rough school year for me because Alberta wiped out and we're relocating and everything. It's been, and it was very difficult. It seems like it's been uh, difficult for me to get joyful again and to get excited and to have faith about things just because the cir circumstances and stuff. And so in the meetings, I really was refreshed. He really, uh, The Lord really did a work in, in me to refresh me and put joy back in and just faith about things and hope. So I was just really blessed. Who else? What else? Y'all looking at each other like, we, okay, Laquina's, well, she'll, she's, you know, if y'all don't get to pulling on stuff with your faith, because Jennifer's a blessing hog, she'll just take, she'll just take them all, won't you? I know, I mean, though, you'll just suck up all the prosperity and all the blessings, won't you? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I snatch them too. <laughs> yeah, I, I go get it. I go get it. Um, no, um, when um, Wynn was talking about, you know, if anyone, you know, you know, you prayed and you know you've done what you need to do, but it seemed like something just been blocking you or just, you know, you've been kind of locked away. Um, I felt, you know, that was me. And right before he said that, I said, Lord, you know, my need. And when, and just throughout the services, when he was there, when he was talking about the, the two talents, you know, um, and that was me because I have a gift of, of playing the alto saxophone and the gift of writing, but I've aborted the writing gift so many times, you know, I write stuff and I'm like, Oh, it's not good. And I throw it away. And 
never let anyone read it or I wasn't as far along as I wanted to in my saxophone playing. So I was like, oh, no. So I would just failure, you know. And so I felt like uh, I was sitting there. I said, Lord, you know my need. You know my need. And he ministered to that. And when he talked about, you know, uh, getting up out of your state and, you know, you know, you have to your kids. And I mean, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's just speaking to me and speaking to me because I put a draw on. And I was like, Lord, I, you know, my needs. And so um, and so when he prayed, I, I just felt the release of that re revelation. And I'm expecting it. I just been speaking it and just still believing on it. And um, just a praise report that my children will be down here tomorrow. Uh, so they'll, uh, my, my, uh, my daughter, my mom will be down here too. So I have family coming down for a week and, um, my children will be here for the summer. Uh, and my son will be going back with his dad. My daughter will be living with me. So that is awesome. So everything is totally turning out amazing. So that's my, my report. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Was, was y'all, um, well, it's hard to, top those testimonies um i would have to say that um this um ser these services have really given me joy that i haven't had in a while um you know with the struggles of of working and and all uh sometimes we can forget actually just how blessed we are and um we have um been really blessed in our finances, especially in the past year. It just seems like that um, we've been able to bless some people, but then God has just put that back and then more. And we've never had that before. Not not in the almost 30 years of our marriage have we ever had as much money in the bank. And I'm not bragging on us. I'm bragging on God. It's just uh, something that we've never enjoyed, but we've been able to and um it's just been great um i i really enjoyed uh him talking about visions and how important that they are uh you know in our in our walk with christ that we've got to have a vision we've got to have a goal to work toward and to put our faith toward um that was i just really to me i mean we've had some great uh ministers come through but i think all in all he's got to be about the best that i've ever seen I just really enjoyed it. Thank you. Hallelujah. We were ready for it. It's always, you know, the best when you're ready for it. You know. Anybody else? Okay. I have a, a financial testimony, not really from the meetings, but that have happened before. But every year we have annual reviews at work and it's always an annual review. It's not necessarily, you're not guaranteed a raise. It's dependent, you know. But, and every year they're like, no, this doesn't mean you're not going to get one next year, but it's likely that you, you know. But I have not went ever a year without a raise. And last fall I got a raise, but then I also got an unexpected bonus later on. And then I got, they gave me an iPad. And then this year I got a significant raise and then an option to go ahead and get some as a bonus immediately to purchase furniture for our new house. So I was like, that's God. That was awesome. Hallelujah. And I'll have to tell the grandson story. Andrew asked him, said, where did all this furniture come from? And, and they said, well, we bought it. His daddy said, we bought it. And he said, 
where did we get all that money? And uh, he said, well, God blessed us. He said, like Abraham. So that was a wonderful testimony that they're listening in church or at home or whoever's they're listening. Hallelujah. They're already four years old and already caught on that Abraham was blessed and we're blessed, you know, hallelujah. So that was a good, that's just been an awesome testimony. You have something, Mary? Did I steal your... No, I'm, I'm just kind of like Leanne and, uh, you know, just refreshed by the meeting. I feel like I got a better attitude, probably needed a better attitude, and uh, just more excited and wanting to uh, pursue my relationship with God, you know, more. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. That, that is true. Anybody else? Okay, Michael, you're going to have to walk up here. I'm not going to walk back there. <laughs> you have young legs. All right, well, I just want to preface this with um, something I really enjoyed just growing up in a in a faith-filled church is being able to see into the spirit realm sometimes, you know. And um, a few years ago, I was really, really in the Word, really uh, on fire for God, really feeling God's power behind me, moving in me and stuff like that. And the Word that uh, when God gave me was just phenomenal. I really liked it. I really was blessed by it. But um, after, you know, I didn't, I didn't really, the messages were great, but sometimes God has something to say that's not always put into words by the person speaking. And I think one thing that he was saying was, um, remember my power, because, because like, sometimes we get caught up in like, in, in trying to, trying to, memorize stories or or whatever and 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 read the bible and all this stuff but you want to have the personal relationship too and i think that a lot of that was refurbished i think that's what caused uh um you know mr eric never has a bad attitude or whatever i don't know what he's talking about but uh but you know that's what causes the change is you get a refreshing with him and i think that that's what the main thing that i got out of it was i i can feel his power i can feel his presence more strongly and I just feel closer to him. I just think it, it brought everybody closer. It definitely did. Okay. Okay, Melissa. Come on up. Turn around here and tell them. Oh, well, it's just a real quick thing. Um, on the Friday night before the meetings on Saturday, I had a dream. And that we were in this room and that we were literally shoulder to shoulder. There was no room to move around. And um, in fact, there were tall people around me and I couldn't see who was speaking. And I was doing this, trying to see. And after when Goss talked about it and prophesied over the church and all the people were going to come, I really felt like that was a confirmation of what I'd seen. Um, the other thing was I just felt really challenged to bump up my worship level. And, and for the entire congregation to do that, because he was talking about setting the atmosphere and how important that is. So I felt real challenged to do that. So I'll bounce around more. Uh, well, and uh, even beyond praise and, and, and even, you know, in worship. And that's something uh, we must pursue. Pastor, and then we'll, we'll begin after he talks. Well, um, and you know that last night he uh, called me up and, and talked about three multimillionaires being added to the church. And, uh, uh, you know, that's because, I know this is because we have decided to f do it God's way. 
before we ever moved over here, we told y'all we were going to be a New Testament church. We were going to be a committed church. We were going to be a discipled church. We were going to do it God's way. We were not going to do religion or traditional things. And But to do that, sometimes you got to be funded. You know, you just, you can't look at who's coming and make a play for, for crowds so that money, so that, and the Lord just said, I, you're doing it my way, all of y'all, you're not griping and complaining, and I'm funding it all the way. Amen. And he did tell me before we moved over here, he said, I want you to know I'm Jehovah Jireh. I will provide. Amen. And so, uh, yeah, it was definitely a faith, a faith step to do this, to do what we've done, to come over here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we are believing and praying. We call that, we call the church in Coker, Alabama, sold in Jesus' name. You're going to be a blessing to someone. Jesus said you would obey us. And so we say you're sold in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, well, we were able to sow into wind. $3,000 into Brother Wynn, plus he sold eight books, so it was a little extra more than that. And then also, and Pastor and I got really blessed, and there was definitely financial need there. And so we're just everything, you know, and that's how meetings should be. Not that every meeting there should be a pastoral offering, well, but we can handle that if that wants to happen. But any if God wants that to happen. But the point is that when a guest speaker comes, there should be mutual benefit. It shouldn't be just all the speaker. The church should get blessed. The the pastors should get blessed. And there should be impartations and deposits in the church. And definitely, Brother Wynn did that. Hallelujah. And it's always a blessing to have other guest ministers in. They put a pull. They put a draw. They also bring finances. They usually always will bring something to help the church sponsor that meeting and so that that's a tremendous blessing when other ministers come so it's a blessing for us to get to host that in alabama and and uh you know hallelujah sometimes i'm kind of selfish about it though it's like me and pastor don't get all the time we want with brother win because we got so many pastors going out to eat with us you know and you can't talk about what you wanted to talk about so but it usually works out just you know this is that's part of the call on our lives i want to talk tonight i, I was kind of Back and forth, I had two ways to go tonight, and I wasn't sure. But I believe with the testimonies and what y'all said, that it leads me to believe that God would have us talk about tonight spiritual hunger. I've had this message rolling around in me for about three weeks or a little longer now. And uh, I just didn't know when that would happen because we've been studying uh, uh, prosperity, faith for faith for prosperity. And... Uh, Hallelujah. But in light of the meetings and not letting what we got get away and acting on the word, we want to always act on the word and and uh, uh, we always want to get the full benefit of what the meeting, you know, meetings cost a tremendous amount of money by the time you do hotels and and uh, meals and and just then the offerings that and and so forth but they're they're very well worth it because they take us to another level and they sometimes they bring us out of where we're stuck if we if we've been stuck a little or whatever but um and you know one of the things that was so good about these meetings is we got some marvelous confirmations that moving was the right thing to do and uh 
Although we didn't have to have those confirmations because we knew, we knew in our heart, but that, you know, it does feel good to get those two. And so, uh, uh, you know, but there was just many, many things done, uh, moving us up to another level, getting us back to the place where, but you know, it's never really that God's getting us back where we were because he doesn't get us back where we were. He always just takes us to a, to a higher place. But um, one of the things that we need to pursue, worship, we need to press in. I know that's one thing I got, too, from the meetings is to make a more concerted effort to enter into worship. Sometimes in church, we mostly praise, I would say. Uh, and we need to take that time to just get before the Lord in, a, in, the, in, the, in the worship side of ministering to the Lord. And I know I got a hold of that. But one of the things I believe the Lord really has for us is, is He wants to give us a greater spiritual hunger. And sometimes I think we think we're hungry but we're not really as hungry as we think. And so I want to just kind of uh, throw some things out there tonight to you that I think will whet your appetite. And it, won't, it may not make you hungry, but I think it will make you want to be hungry. And so I know when I have studied these things out, I said, I, I want to be hungrier, God. I know that I'm not hungry as I need to be. To, in order to see what I'm wanting to see. But let's turn to Matthew chapter 5 and look at verse 6. And you're very familiar with this verse. It says, Blessed, and I'm letting you get there first, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let's read it again. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Not maybe, not hope so. They shall be filled. And so, you know, that's one of the things we can notice is if I'm hungering, I'm getting filled all the time. If I was hungry, I got something in these meetings. And if I'm hungry, I get something on Wednesday night. If I'm hungry, I'll get something every Sunday morning. It don't matter if pastor decides not to preach and, um, and some, no matter what happens, you know, you'll get filled because you're hungry. Did you, I don't think you probably know this. I'm just becoming aware of this in the last about three, three weeks or a month that this is a spiritual law. This is a spiritual law that when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we get filled. And if I thought back in the past in my life, I know I was, I got really hungry because of my grandmother's testimony, you know, that salted my oats a little bit back in uh, the late 70s. Uh, then when Colin was born, uh, when I was pregnant with him, I quit work and I started watching PTL. That was back in PTL's heyday. And, um, they, and they had Brother Oil on and I would listen. And that started making me hungry. And I started hearing some things about the baptism, the Holy Spirit. And slowly, I started getting hungry. And you know, hunger, when you hunger, something's got to happen. 
God will just go out of His way to start getting it to you. And He did. He just ranged a whole scenario of events to get some people to come to Seagraves, Texas and to get us filled with the Holy Ghost because we were hungry. And it started... And then... He kind of gave us some prophetic words after about a couple of years of just being filled with the Holy Spirit about going to pastor. And we got hungry to pastor. I don't think we had a clue what that meant, really. But we got hungry and God put a desire in us to pastor. And then again, he arranged this whole scenario of events to get us to the right place at the right time so that people could speak words and open up things over us. Hallelujah. And just work some supernatural events, including angels calling people on the telephone where and and all sorts of things. And we've had that happen twice in our lives where angels called people. And then uh, about th- three years ago, uh, as we watched Word of Life and Coker and we began to sense the spiritual atmosphere, we knew something had to change. We knew... There had to be a breakthrough. Of course, we never thought about moving, uh, but we knew that something had... And we began to hunger and really seek God. And the prayer team hungered with us and sought God. And we said, Lord, we got to have a breakthrough. Because although we didn't move over finances... Because it's taking faith on this side, and actually, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like, okay, finances were tight. Now we got two payments. Hallelujah. It's like, that's, that's interesting. But, um, I have all the confidence in the world. I have all the faith in the world. I have perfect peace about it. Hallelujah. Cause Jehovah Jireh will provide. But anyway, as we begin to hunger, God had to go. He went to supernatural means to get this, this, this thought to us because it was so out of our thinking. Sometimes things are so out of your thinking that you can't even, that it's hard for God to get the message to you just by speaking to you. So he has to arrange for other people to speak. And so he had to use an angel again to call somebody that was not very well known to us. Actually, Pastor Buzzy's widow. Now we knew Pastor Buzzy well. We did not know Brenda that well. We she Actually, we just never been that close to Brenda. And so through us, some supernatural events, the angels called her up or actually called up our phone and she appeared on caller ID. We called her back. She said, I didn't call you. So God will just go to great lengths when you're hungering to get things to you. And I know that our church here, River Church, and you know, I loved what he said about change of location. He told us, even when we weren't with y'all, and I think he said it in the service too, but he said it had little to do with location. It was spiritual. And I think we need to understand that. And the name changes spiritual. When God wants to do something new and big, He usually changes people's names like Abram to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah, Jacob. He changed his name to Israel. Uh, so God, He works in this name change business. He changed for Saul to Paul. Hallelujah. Praise God. And he even, uh, who was the disciples? He called them sons of thunder. He gave them a new name in a sense even. And so we had to get a new name. Why? Because we needed to come out of a paradigm of just teaching the word and into a river. Hallelujah. So he gave us a new name. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, uh, so God is wanting us to hunger 
And these meetings were designed to whet our appetite and make us hunger. Hallelujah. And he's wanting us to hunger because unless we're hungry, this spiritual law, will it won't even happen. And I think sometimes people are thinking, oh, I'm just going to stay down here at First Church and it's going to happen here. It's not unless somebody's going to hunger. You know, somebody's got a hunger and or it's not. And what happens when a whole bunch of people hunger? And so we're we're pursuing that. We're not just pursuing because we're hungry. We're pursuing the hunger. Because we know the hunger will get to us to something that we've heard about that we want to see. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 13. You know Jeremiah 29, 11 by heart. You may not ever read on down. Jeremiah 29, 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. That speaks of hunger. Hallelujah. You know, before we're saved, uh, you know, we sing a song, I was running and he found me. You know, before we're saved, it's like the Holy Ghost pursues us. And as soon as we get saved, he says, now you pursue me. And what you hunger for, that's what you'll have. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And most people aren't having the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they don't even know about it, so they're not hungering for it. Or they've been told it passed away, so they're not, they don't think there's no need in hungering for it. Some people fall into the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they hunger, even though they don't know what it is they're hungering for. And my grandmother did that. She was very, very hungry for God, got really hungry for God, and started pursuing Him, and did not know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, because she was Baptist, and my grandfather was a Baptist deacon, and started pursuing Him, just in prayer at her ranch, no, no tongues. No, she's just pursuing God with how you can pray when you're a Baptist, you know. And she is searching for Him and seeking Him. And when you search for Him with all your heart, you find Him. He makes a way for you to find Him. And so out on her ranch in Hawley, Texas, which was 10 miles out of Abilene, Texas, she gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, gets slain in the Spirit all by herself. And didn't know exactly what it was, but then and she spoke in tongues, and she uh, so then she maybe she, I think she shared with some people, and they told her, well, you know, go to full gospel business, men in Abilene, and so God hooked up that way. Um, hallelujah! Turn to Mark chapter two, verse four. Now, one day when I was studying the Bible a while ago, and I was thinking about this spiritual hunger thing, and it and being honest with myself. And saying, you know, I need to be more hungry. And one of the things we can pray is, Lord, make me hungrier. Lord, give me a greater hunger for the things of God. Give me a greater hunger for the Word. Give me a greater hunger for prayer. Give me hunger, Lord. Mark 2, 4 says, And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. So Jesus was in Capernaum, and it was noised abroad that he was in the house. And uh, there was such a big crowd that gathered together. The, these uh, four people, four men, and this paralytic or quadriplegic friend could not get to Jesus. And so they literally went up on the roof 
it says, uh, for the they could not get to him for the press. They uncovered the roof where he was, and when they broke it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When I read this one day, just in my day-to-day Bible reading, the Lord said, that's what hunger looks like. If you want to know what hunger looks like, that's what it looks like. Hunger doesn't let any obstacles get in the way. Hunger, uh, hunger doesn't make excuses. Well, you know this and that, and things aren't just right. And so, no, hunger is in mad, I should, maybe mad's not the right word, furious, passionate pursuit. Hunger doesn't say, but it's three hours. Hunger doesn't say, but it's, it's two more miles from to this side. Hunger doesn't say that. I mean, hunger set doesn't say, doesn't make an excuse for that. Y'all see what I'm saying? This is what hunger looks like. Sometimes I think that Christians say that they're hungry, but they're not really hungry. They're just interested. The Lord said to me, he said, Debbie, there's a difference between being interested in something and being hungry for something. Interested will watch it on TV, but never do anything about it. You know what I'm saying? They'll watch Benny Hinn on TV, but never make a pursuit to get somewhere where the anointing of God is. And and real hunger will draw out everything heaven's got. We, we gave three words out in this church right before we moved. The words were committed, commitment, honesty, and lordship. I nearly think, you know, you wouldn't think those words would be offensive, but I think they were offensive to some people. Because when you start talking about being honest, honest with God, honest with ourselves, and honest with each other, you're going to have a lot of Christians that just, woo, I'm out, I'm gone. Because that is, you know, that is hard to do. But I want my life to be completely honest, even if it means getting before God and saying, you know, I think it's crazy because we're like, um, well, I could never tell God I have a lust problem. Well, I don't know why because He knows already. He already knows. Whatever problem it is that you have or I have, He already knows. So it'd be okay to say to God, God, you know, I'm not hungry. I wish I was, but I'm not really hungry for the things of God. I know I'm not because I look at how I spend my day and I'm not hungry as I need to be. I'm not, I don't, I look at, at what I, you know, want to do in the evenings and I'm not hungry I'm more hungry to be with the world and with worldly pleasures and with worldly things or you know than I am to spend time in your word I think we might as well just go ahead and be honest with God I don't think we're going to come out of it till first of all we're honest with God and ourselves and you know And all of us find ourselves at times where I need to be honest about this. I'm not hungry as I, 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 you can probably look back at a time in your life when you were so hungry. Hallelujah. Sometimes, Laquina, desperation can create a great hunger, can't it? Hallelujah. I don't want God to have to 
put me over in desperate circumstances for me to be hungry. And Deuteronomy warns us about coming to a place of prosperity and, you know, just getting satisfied and content and just uh, just kind of parking. Hallelujah. So real hunger will cause us to be committed. You know, if you're really hungry, you get really committed. I know one time when I faced symptoms in my life, all of a sudden I had this tremendous commitment to the Word of God. Because I, first of all, I thought I was going to die. That'll get you, I don't guess it does everybody, but it did get me very committed to the Word of God. Um, you know, if, and if we're not, and this kind of is a little progressive thing, if we're not committed we won't be we're not we won't be honest because we'll we'll start we'll start making excuses for why we can't do things and then here's where the, we begin to believe our excuses and I, a lot of the christian church believes their excuses why they can't why you know that's just why can't you be baptized in the holy ghost well it's just an excuse to say well the baptists don't believe in it that's just an excuse. Read your Bible. You know, and would you not say that was an excuse? Hallelujah. So excuses and beginning to believe them. James 1.23. I'm going to read. You can turn there and we can read it in the King James, but it really speaks in the Amplified. And this is a very familiar scripture to you. Now, I know we'd rather study faith for prosperity. But prosperity works best when everything else in our lives is lined up. Remember uh, Third John 2, Beloved, I desire above all things that ye might prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. Do you all agree with that? That's one of my favorite scriptures. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass, no, I'm verse 22 is the one I want to read. But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Let me read this to you in the Amplified Bible. See, hunger will bring you to church on a Wednesday night. It'll also bring you to church on a Wednesday night after you had services Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Monday night. Hallelujah. And I hope you came for hunger, not duty. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know that if we want something from Brother Wynn next time he comes, or not just him, but the next speaker we have, guess what's going to have to increase? Our hunger. Uh, you know, every we had great meetings. I am not discounting them in the least. I loved it. But we didn't see anything we hadn't seen before. Do we want to see something we hadn't seen before? Do we want to move up another level? Guess what's going to have to increase? Hunger. Hallelujah. We're going to have to hunger more for it. Desire it more. Hallelujah. Do we want pastor? Do we just want something when Brother Wynn comes in every three or four months when we have a speaker? Or do we want something to happen when it's just us? Hallelujah. Then guess what we're going to have to do? Hunger, because hunger, we're always talking about put a draw. Well, hunger's what causes us to, to put the draw. That causes us to pull. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, hunger, natural hunger, will cause you to rip the hinges off the refrigerator. 
Natural hunger will cause you to eat things that are not even that pleasant. Have you ever ate an old stale cookie? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, you're just looking through there. You're just, just anything. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. I know when you start eating marshmallows that are hard and, you know, hallelujah. <laughs> Have y'all seen those new marshmallows that are huge? I love those things. Those are, that's like eating four marshmallows at one time. <laughs> hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, somebody told me now they make flat ones that just lay on the graham cracker so it's so much easier for the s'mores. <laughs> they didn't know that, Lee, and you'll have to write in. Hallelujah. James, we're, we're at James, aren't we? 1, verse 23. 2. But be doers of the word, obey the message, and not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deep, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. We can, we can betray ourselves into a deception that is contrary to the truth. And when we, here, here's where I want to go. When we're not honest with ourselves and we are pretending everything's right when it's not, or we are not being truthful about situations in our lives, we then begin to dwell in a place where truth isn't. And God dwells in truth. And the Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So unless we're honest, our hope of ever being free is gone because we have to be honest. Hallelujah. We have to be honest with ourselves in order to be in that truth and then the truth of God sets us free. In other words, God's truth that is His Word, will not work in an atmosphere of lies. So if we're living the lie, God's truth will not work in our life, and we are bound, we will not get free. And they work this out in the world. You know, they say for an alcoholic, the first step is you got to admit you got a problem. As long as you're saying, I'm not an alcoholic, you're not going to get free. I don't have a drinking problem. You're not going to get free. Even the world teaches you. You've got to face. You ha I have a problem. And when you face you have a problem, there's something about truth that begins to cause a power to come in and really God starts helping you. Amen. Praise God. So when we have commitment, we'll be honest. And we'll be honest with each other. We'll be honest with ourselves. We'll be honest with God. Hallelujah. And when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. James says in another place, he says, Now confess your faults one to, an one to another that you may be healed. In other words, what? Be honest. There's something about being honest and telling somebody. One reason is because the devil dwells in darkness. And anytime you've got something hid and there's no light shining in, 
So sometimes when you've got a problem, I know one time I had a friend, she was just bound, she was bound, she was bound. She could not get free. She could not get free. And I'm like, you just need to confess whatever it is and get rid of it. And she was like, oh, and she, but she couldn't get free of it. And finally, she just broke through one day and said, I had an abortion and nobody in this world knows but me. Because I flew to California. That was before they were legal. And you had to go to California. You know, everything bad started in California. And so, uh, well, that's the truth. They proved that. And so she, nobody knew but her. But as soon as she got it out in the light, it's like the devil, it's like he, he don't have any power anymore. It's like, it, it's like, so big deal. God forgives that. And we get clean, we get free, and we can go on. Uh, so when we dwell in dishonesty, we're no longer in the realm where we will know the truth and the truth will set us free, which is John eight thirty two. You know that. Um, so we have to humble ourselves. The Bible says in first Peter five, six, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Being honest requires humbling ourselves, Right. And we humble ourselves, we get honest with God, we get honest with ourselves, we get honest with each other, and uh, not always necessary to confess everything. But sometimes it is necessary. And I've found that when I confess things to my husband, you might not ever confess things to your husband, but if I confess something the devil's torment with me about to my husband, it's just like it disappears. It's just like, oh, that's no big deal. And... Uh, uh, but anyway, so we get honest with God, but we humble ourselves, get honest with him. Then what does it say he does? Let's turn over there. First Peter five, six. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. There's not going to be any exalting coming until we humble ourselves, because as long as we are dishonest, we're not being humble. And so we're not going to get exalted. We're not going to get those promotions. We're not going to get those, 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 those blessings are not going to flow to the degree that God wants them to. Hallelujah. Because why? Because we're not operating in God's atmosphere. His atmosphere is truth. He is a God of truth. He exalts the truth. He never lies. And, and you know, we have to judge ourselves in that because we have grown up in a world, and probably you were, were, where deception is just common. We just are, we, we, it's like, it's really easy to tell a white lie, we would say, to keep from hurting somebody's feelings. That's what usually we would tell a white lie about. It's like, well, you know, or, uh, you know, be a little dishonest here, be a little dishonest there. Hallelujah. Just easy to just got to get it all out in the open and just deal uprightly in every area. And I think that's where God's taking us. We're going to be a forerunner in Tuscaloosa County. I believe that's what God's called us to be. He's not called us to be the whole cheese, but he has called us to break through, to pierce it through and to be a forerunner. And if we are, and one thing we've always tried to do is do everything in this church with integrity you know, in the office, in the money, we are we are sticklers that everything is everything is recorded, everything is hallelujah. Praise God. Um moving on to hunger. Hung, hunger in hunger, a spirit of desperation 
accompanies hunger. 120 people in the upper room, and they had to be really hungry or they uh, wouldn't have got that big blessing they got. I'm going to read to you. Uh, I got this out of my bookcase a couple of weeks ago or because I, God was dealing with me about hunger, and so got this out. And we'll, We won't spend long, but we'll read this and close. But uh, this is called Spiritual Hunger and Other Sermons, and these are John G. Lake sermons. This was Pastor Buzzy's spirit, favorite book. Right here. And I can see why. Just the first message is on spiritual hunger. And I just read a little bit to you. And, and this, will, I believe, will stir you up to be more hungry. I know it did me. Hallelujah. No matter what your soul may be coveting, if it becomes the supreme cry in your life, not the secondary matter or the third or fourth, the fifth or tenth, but the supreme desire of your soul, the paramount issue all the powers and energies of your spirit, soul, and body are reaching out and crying out to God for the answer. It is going to come. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you are away from God and your heart is longing, your soul is crying for God's deliverance, He will be on hand to deliver. You will not have to cry very long until you see that the mountains are being moved and the angel of deliverance will be there. The hunger of a man's soul must be satisfied. It is the law of God which is in the depths of the spirit. Late Brother Parham was preaching in Texas. A black man by the name of Tom Seymour, do y'all recognize these names? Came into his meeting. Parham related his experience to Brother Tom and myself. There was a deep hunger in that black man's soul. He worked as a waiter in a restaurant to support himself while preaching to a church of his own people. He knew God as his Savior and sanctifier. He knew the power of God to heal. But as he listened to Parham, he became convinced of a bigger thing, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He went on to Los Angeles without receiving it, but he said he was determined to preach all of God he knew to the people. If you don't know, this is leading up to Azusa Street. He said, Before I met Parham, such a hunger to have more of God was in my heart that I prayed for five hours a day for two and a half years. I got to I got to Los Angeles and there was and there the hunger was not less but more. I prayed, God, what can I do? The Spirit said, Pray more. There are better things to be had in spiritual life but they must be sought out with faith and prayer. But Lord, I'm praying five hours a day now. I increased my hours of prayer to seven and prayed on for a year and a half more. I prayed to God to give me what Parham preached, the real Holy Ghost and fire with tongues and love and power of God like the apostles had. That really stirred me there, that part right there. Tongues and love and the power of God. I think sometimes we just say, I just want the miracles, but we don't think about wanting the love. God had put such a hunger into that man's heart that when the fire of God came, it glorified him. I do not believe any other man in modern times had a more wonderful deluge of God in his life than God gave to that dear fellow. And the glory and power of a real Pentecost swept the world. It did. It affected the whole world. Still is. And that was 1906.
That black man preached to my congregation of 10,000 people when the glory and power of God was upon his spirit and men shook and trembled and cried to God. God was in him. Blessed are they which do hunger, for they shall be filled. I wonder what we are hungering for. Have we a real divine hunger, something our soul is asking for? If we have, God will answer. God will answer. By every law of the Spirit that men know, the answer is due to come. It will come. Bless God, it will come. It will come in more ways than you ever dreamed of. God is not confined to manifesting Himself in tongues and interpretation alone. I wonder, are we going to be satisfied with just having tongues and interpretation? Or, you know, we've got we've to be hungrier. When I was a lad, I accompanied my father on a great visit to the... Oh, I don't want to read that part. It's good, but I don't have time. Um, there is something in the call of a soul that is creative. It brings things to pass. When the supreme desire of your heart cries out to God, all the spiritual energy of your nature and the powers of God that come to you begin to concentrate and work toward that goal. Then there comes into being that which your soul calls for by the conscious creative exercise of faith. That is the creative action of faith. You and God working out and evidencing the power of creative desire. I am a believer in the partnership of man and God. Not, listen to this, not a saved man and a glorious God, but man fused into God and God fused into man, one divine creation. When Moses stood at the Red Sea, it was not Moses and God, it was just God. God had said, thou shalt be as God. Not different from God, but thou shalt be as God. We are continually saying, Lord, make me a channel. Leaving ourselves separated from God in our thought and expecting God to pour His spiritual power and blessing through us. That is not the highest thing. There is a greater experience than that in God's Word. It is where you and God become one. When Moses stood at the Red Sea, he tried to back out of that relationship with God, relationship God was establishing, and tried to throw the responsibility back on God. He was overwhelmed. It was too marvelous. Surely, surely God must not have meant it, but God knew. When Moses began to recognize himself as an individual and God as another, it was offensive to God. He thought he could back up and pray to God to do something for him the way God used to do in the old relationship, but he could not do it. The idea that Moses would want to leave that place of close fellowship with him, that inner relationship, that divine symphony of Moses' soul and God's was offensive to God. And God said, Wherefore Christ thou unto me? In other words, shut up your praying. But lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. God did not say, Moses, you stretch forth your hand and I will divide the sea. He said, stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. God was saying, Moses, you and I are one. Stretch forth your hand, divide the sea. You have all there is of me and I have all there is of you. We sing that, don't we? I am yours, you are mine. We are one and indivisible. God and man become one. The heart of man, the mind of man, the soul of man enters into God and God into him. The divine fires of the eternal Christ by the Holy Ghost come from heaven and the lightnings of Jesus flash through that life. The power of Christ invigorates, manifests, and demonstrates through that relationship. I read that 
because that's where God wants us to go. That's what he wants us to be hungry for. He wants us to quit being hungry. God, use me. God, flow through me. God, flow through pastor today. He wants us to get, he wants us to leave. That's, that's, that's a different level. He wants us to come up. And Pastor Buzzy used to, pre- to preach the God man. I thought, well, no wonder he liked this book. Hallelujah. The God man. God created faith man. He had a revelation. That's what God wants us. He wants us to get hungry. Pastor Wynn touched on it. Seeing yourself. Hallelujah. Seeing yourself with glory. That aura. That glory around you. Hallelujah. That's when you and God are one. Just just seeing, you know, and this is one level and we've been there and it's been good. Just seeing, okay, I'm going to lay hands and we just now got to believe and we'd transmit something. We just got past believing. Now, you know, we were taught nothing happens when you lay your hands on people. It's just a uh, point of contact, dear Lord. We just got past that. We just barely got to believe and we transmit something. God says, okay, now let's go higher. Hallelujah. Because we're, we're, and, and we got to get past believing, okay, something's flowing here and coming down through me and it's going to go out to you. No. Right here. This is a God man. Me and God are one. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you hungry? Let's pray tonight and ask the Lord to make us hungrier. Hallelujah. You ask Him. You ask Him for yourself. Lord, just be honest. Lord, I'm not as hungry as I want to be. Hallelujah. I'm not as hungry, Lord, as you want me to be. Hallelujah. Lord, I don't even sure I want to be that hungry. But Lord, make me willing to even get hungry. And then, Lord God, you said you would fill those that hunger and thirst. And Lord, even in the spiritual things, help me hunger for the right things. Oh, God. Hallelujah. And Lord, help me to be as hungry for the spiritual and the righteousness and the, 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 Mm, the the prayer and the and the the service and the the giving forth as I am for just bless me and prosper me, Lord. Lord, help me to be hungry beyond just heal me, Lord. Lord, create a divine hunger in River Church that will literally draw the rivers of heaven down to us and through us. And out into this city and out into Alabama. You said for us to host a move of God in Alabama. Lord, we say, Lord, make us hungry. Make us hungrier in prayer. Make us hungrier in, in our word, in the word. Hungrier for revelation. Make us hungrier for fellowship and the divine communion of the saints. Lord, Lord, tear up our excuses. Reveal to us anything that's not honest in our lives. Change us for your glory. Hallelujah. Creating us. 
Lord, you've given us a new location. You've given us a new name. Now, Lord, give us new desires. And I believe also, Lord, that even with when Brother Wynn came, that we received some new equipment this week. In the spirit, there were things deposited. There were mantles. I know even on uh, Garland and Leanne were called up, there were mantles that came on us that what we couldn't do, now we can do with ease. Hallelujah. What we didn't understand, now we'll understand and see. What we didn't, uh, what, what we said, oh, that's too hard. It's like, no, now we do it. We're, we do it just, you know, Lord, we just do it with ease. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody uh, have a need in their life tonight and you'd like to be prayed for? Come up here now if you have a need of any kind in your life. Praise God. We'll pray that we'll pray over you.